on, Pastor Orr. Everybody say, bless him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, isn't it great to be here tonight? Feel the love of the master, the touch of the king in this place. Hallelujah. What about it tonight? Why should we turn back? To whom? Where are we going to go? What can you find to bring comfort and satisfaction like you find at the house of God in the presence of the Lord? What is that world got out there that it won't even last until you wake up the next morning? But when you get a good drink of this, a dose of this and once you've been in his presence once you felt his touch once you know that the maker is a part of my life and somehow we'd love to tonight is get our young people and these young boys and young girls and to come to that realization saying you know what I can handle life a whole lot better if I just get the Holy Ghost I can respond to the pressures of school and the pressure of whatever may be coming my way if I'll just get the Holy Ghost if I'll just get God on my side and if I'll just get on God's side man that's what makes all the difference in the world that bunch lying to you out there. I don't like that lifestyle. Caught up in it and find pleasure in it, but it's, it's no lasting to it. It's no substance to it. It's no comfort to it. Just to be in His presence. Lord bless you, may go to your chairs. Let's just ask the Lord what a, what a touch of the Lord, touch of the Holy Ghost we hear, feel here tonight. And that, that last song would fall in line with, with our. Our chapter tonight, all said and done. And I'm going to focus on the first part of that chapter, probably as much as any of it. Not that it's, it's not that it's more important by no means, but captive. Praise God. Anybody but glad you've been set free? You ever been held captive by something or some element or some dilemma, some situation, and all of a sudden God steps in and just bring deliverance and bring you out the other side of it. And man, ain't nothing like it, is it? Praise God. Lord, we love you tonight. We're so thankful for your mercy and grace and this opportunity to join in your presence with some God-fearing people. And Lord, we ask you to help us here tonight. Help us, Lord, out of this chapter to bring forth your word and words that can be spoken and put into the heart and the soul and the mind and the spirit of each and every one that's here tonight. Oh God, your will could be done here tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your grace and mercy and kindness. Lord, we ask for your anointing. We ask that you'd help us here tonight. Help us to accomplish and achieve that. That you'd have us too in the Holy Ghost tonight. In Jesus' name. Lord bless you. You may be seated. We're going to go to Psalms 126. I've actually enjoyed studying these and looking at them and realizing the power and the influence that these particular chapters have of, of as they call them, a degree or accessing unto Jerusalem or making their way to, to God, to the temple. And back into his presence and, and so many of these songs and uh, there's different opinions and possibilities and they, they look at when they could have been penned and who may have even penned we know David penned some of them and not majority of them but but still all of that you know it doesn't really matter man they all by themselves send special messages to us and so it's no different tonight with this psalms and um I'm going to talk mostly about beginning tonight about being captive. Uh, I, I feel like, especially some things that Brother Ford said, and 
some things that was even said in our Bible study this evening. In the world that we're living in. I believe the devil. Man is trying his best. Humanity's trying their best in some sense. At least some, not all. A man that's in positions that's trying to cause a spirit of fear. And trying to cause a captivity to get back a hold of us. And a man, but the church... Man, it's time for the church just to be the church. Man, lifting up our voices and our hearts and our minds to the Lord. And, amen, to let the rest of this world know, amen, that our confidence is in the Lord. And our, our faith is in God. And he's going to see us through this. And he's going to make us the overcomers. And, amen, because this is probably just the, just the beginning of what may come our way. What else we may be exposed to. But as we just sung, I'm not turning back. I'm not going into captivity unto the devil, unto some darkness, unto some forms and types of elements. And I can cover a lot of stuff there. Amen. From different types of drugs and alcohol and lives and spirits. Well, what about some of them? Some old spirits that would love to get a hold of us and old attitudes that would love to get a hold of us and some way of how to live and how to... But I'm not going back there. I'm, I'm not going to be a part of it. You know why? Because I'm going to fight against it. Amen. Go do like Brother Ford said. I'm going to redig those, those, those whales out. Amen. I'm going to let them flow again. I read in the Bible where the disciples, amen. I mean, they experienced the first of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't just a couple of chapters later. They was filled again. And the place was shook and where they was at. Amen. And it filled them with courage. And it filled them with boldness. Amen. It helped him to keep focused and connected and plugged in. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the moving of the Holy Ghost. And I'm glad we don't have to wait just to church services. Have a move of the Holy Ghost in our lives. You could be driving down the road, amen, and have a move of the Holy Ghost. You can have, be walking and doing things at work and have a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm glad he's not confined and restricted. Amen. I I know we're living in a world that wants to confine us and restrict us. And, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be careful here. Some of it might make sense and some of it don't make sense. And they hadn't proved nothing. But the Word of God's proved itself and God's proved Himself time and time again. So I'm just going to keep turning my face to Him. I'm going to keep calling on His name. I'm going to keep putting my trust in Him. Amen. And by the help of God and by the help of the Holy Ghost, we're just going to have some church. And we're just going to have revival. And we're just going to seek after a move of God. And the move of the Holy Ghost. And this chapter, amen, deals with that to a certain degree. The first response, amen, is kind of split up the first three verses and then the last, amen. And that last deals, amen, with revival and how to accomplish things and achieve things where you and I have to get involved, amen, with, with labor and sorrow and amen. But I'll tell you what, it can happen. Hallelujah. Revivals is not over with. Miracles are not over with. The moving of God's not over with. Hallelujah. God. God hadn't closed up camp yet. Hallelujah. He hadn't shut off the heavens yet. Hallelujah. So he's just believing and looking for somebody to step out and somebody to cry out and somebody say, you know what? I believe God can do something about this situation. I believe God can move on governors and presidents and senators. I believe that we have more power than they got. I believe we got a God that can send angels up there and block. Amen. I believe we got the power. Amen. The weapons formed to get to shall not prosper. What they're setting out to do, God can block it because his people begin to pray and his people begin to cry out because his people came broken and stirred up about the situation. Hallelujah. He said, you know what? We can do something about it or we can lay here and die with everybody else. Got to get the attitude of those old leopards got that day. I'm not going to just lay here and do nothing about it. I'm going to do something about it. I don't have to have my names on some kind of official's door, amen, to do something about it. I don't have to have my name, amen, lit up in the light. I don't have to be a blue blood Pentecost or do something about it. I can be a first generation Pentecost because I'm serving the same God, the same God, the same daddy, everybody else, amen, that's born again and serving it. Hallelujah. So I got a right and authority if I just cry out. Make up in my mind and heart. And as this, this chapter goes, now you watch this. Two things are going to happen here. The first three verses, it's almost like it just happens, man. I mean, it just comes out of nowhere. Out of the heavens. Boom. 
deliverance comes. So you watch this. When the Lord, notice when the Lord, again, what the first time? Anybody ever been delivered the second time? Third time? Fourth time? How many days is in the year and how many days have I spent? <laughs> That's the truth. He's our keeper. He's our deliverer. He's delivering us one way or another. Sometimes he has to deliver us out of some mess we get into. And sometimes he delivers us before it ever even shows up. He blocks it off before it ever, even before it can ever, you know, make contact. Hey, that's the God we're serving tonight. Hallelujah. I'm not going to probably be long, but just, just for a few minutes. You watch this. Now, let me talk about captivity for just a little bit. And actually, most of this, that's what it's on. But I won't, I won't stay with that. When you begin to really look at captivity, especially upon Israel, and you begin to see, take captive. That's when, when you're in captivity, that means something, some force, some power, some individual, some king, some nation has carried you into captivity. Amen. They got you captured. You become their possession. You become under their control. And we see this time and time again, even in the history of Israel. Amen. And of Judah too. Amen. As they found themselves opposed by the enemy. Now, you and I both know that what caused a lot of their problems was being stiff-necked and rebellious and disobedient to God. And so God would raise up a man, a nation or a people or an individual. Sometimes an individual to deliver and sometimes individuals, amen, to carry them into captivity. But still the captivity is the same. We're living in a world today, amen, that's being bombarded by so many different elements and forces and powers. Amen. I mean, if you get out there in that world and begin to around a little bit mess around a little bit they got all types of substance they got all types of different things amen that you can start making contact with them I mean we're living in a world amen that that's that's hung up on this uh, super stuff and and hung up on amen these superhumans and and all this different type of stuff that's the reason they're using all different type of elements and substance amen to energize them and build them and shape and fashion them hallelujah the world that we're living in but the real battle amen goes on right in here the real battle goes on right in here the real battle that's going to mean anything is making up in your own mind heart and spirit I'm not going to let the devil pull me into captivity I'm not going to let a lying, a lying tongue amen to get hold of my mind I'm not going to listen to those lying spirits hallelujah I'm going to do what the Bible says I'm going to try it hallelujah and if it's not of God I'm backing up out of it I'm not going to stay with it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig, put my nose in the Word of God. I'm going to dig out what's in the book. I'm going to dig out what God's got for me in that book. And I'm going to live by that. I'm not going to worry about everybody else's opinions and ideas about it. I'm going to walk with the Word of God. I'm going to walk with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be the worshiper that God wants me to be. Because you know what? Amen. Even if I find myself in captivity. Now you watch this. They found themselves there. Now, there's, there's some believes that possibly this psalm is written by David, a man during the time with Absalom. Some still just likens it to Babylon and the Babylonian captivity. And you know what? It really doesn't matter. Because if you really listen to this psalms tonight, it can, it can, it can be considered to affect a whole nation or a church and right down to the individual. Right down to you and I. Amen. If we'll listen to this psalms here tonight. Listen to what it's got to say. And you'll have to, deti- you'll have to determine where you're at. And you'll have to determine you know, what you need to do. But I promise you if you'll follow through with these few verses here tonight. You can expect one thing. The Lord's fixing to turn your captivity around. He did it for Job. <laughs> Took some 40, 40 chapters. Some say a year and some say up to three years. But he still turned that captivity. <laughs> Even when Job knew within himself he hadn't sinned. But you know what? Job, in the, I think the 42nd, amen. After God asking him about 80 questions. 
Hallelujah. He decided he needed to repent. Hallelujah. For even questioning God and coming against God in that form or manner. Amen. Because God's a big God. And if God decides to send us down this path road, hallelujah, you and I just need to submit to it, yield to it, humble ourselves unto it. Say, okay, God, but I know you don't send me down a path road by myself, but you're willing to walk with me and help me along the journey. And any moment you get ready, amen, you can deliver me from this struggle that I'm in. And so that's what these first three verses are really going to talk about when you begin to look at it. So when you really begin to talk about it, let me talk about captivity a bit, a little bit. Hallelujah. Because even, even at times, we know there was times when Daniel, different ones that was escalated and God blessed them and used them. And they were set up in positions and places. But in other places you read where it wasn't so. They would be carried into captivity and bondage and, and they become slaves unto others and, and, and involved in acts and deeds. Amen. That, that wasn't what they desired to be. Even in the very beginning, amen, when God called them out of Egypt and out of the bondage of Egypt, and amen, and being slaves, amen, unto the Hebrew, unto the, the Pharisees and them, or the Pharaoh and them, and you can see where, where the hand was upon them, the taskmaster was upon them, driving and forcing them, hallelujah, to do things that they didn't really want to do, and, and keeping them preoccupied. I'm going to tell you something. There's some spiritual things that are going on, and, and as Brother Ford mentioned it already, there's ever been a time where you and I got to get our hand, heads up out of the sand and we got to get our heads up and get our, our sails up amen saying you know what God I want to observe what's really going on around me I really really want to know because there's all kind of opinions and ideals and theories about what's going on around us and how we ought to respond to it but you know what I believe God's got a purpose in this I believe God's got an agenda in this I believe God wants this church amen to get it heartbeat and join together and bind up together I mean even the church can't even get together I'm not talking about just this local assembly. I'm talking about in general. What we ought to do. But could it be before this thing's over with. They keep passing laws and trying to govern. And, huh. Well. They said we're separated. We'll see as time goes on. I said we're going to see as time goes on. What you going to do when they tell you you can't congregate no more? What you going to do when they tell you you've got to wear a mask? No matter, no matter. When you come in here to try to worship. What you going to do when they tell you come in here you can't sing? Well, I hate to know I'd have to preach through one of them. Hmm. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, you call if you want to. That's your business. But there's some battles I think we need to just put in God's hands. Hmm. So that's just a little bit of what I'm talking about. So as we watch this, the, the, we, we see that a lot of times whenever they talked about captivity, there was four main enemies. It was the Babylonians, the Persians, the Grecians, and Roman. The Romans, a man. Huh. And, and so I just want to give you just a little something Amen. To look at the conditions of the captives must have been uh, of many elements of bitterness and of humility. Amen. When they would be in this captivity, because whenever you're bound by that, and you know what? You and I can be bound by sin. You and I could be bound by lust. You and I could be bound by substance that nobody else knows nothing about, but God does, and the devil. <laughs> and the devil. Amen. That's the reason, amen, whenever Achan, hallelujah, and God, whenever Joshua obeyed God and said, hey, bring them, and they began to cast lot, and it finally found on Achan. And he called on Achan, hey, give God some glory, and Achan couldn't do it. Sin was in the camp. Amen. That's the reason, hallelujah, you and I need to be careful. You know what, God, you help me. Hallelujah, because I'm telling you what, the devil's going to try his best, amen, to take the praise out of your heart. He's going to try his best to pull you back into captivity. He's going to try his best to lure you back into circumstances and situation. You know what? It do us good, amen, to really take note sometimes of conversations and things going on around us. Hallelujah. We can start picking up with the radar and say, you know what? That sounds familiar. I think I've been down that road before. I think I've dealt with that spirit before. Hey, I think he's trying. He's up to his old ways again. I think 
think he's out to try to snare me again and trap me again. But you know what? I'm not turning back. And I'm not going into that captivity. Because, amen, I want to belong to no one else but Jesus Christ. If I'm going to be a prisoner, let it be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. If I'm going to be cast in jail, let it be for preaching the gospel. If I'm going to be, amen, persecuted, let me make sure it's for the gospel's sake and not my sake. Watch this. Psalms 137 talks about what? They wanted us when we was in captivity. Take the harps off the road. Play. Play one of those songs that we used to dance. It caused our hearts to be merry. They wanted them to sing that song. They found it very hard, very difficult to do under those circumstances and situations. Hey, we've all been there. It's been in certain circumstances or situations in our hearts and our lives and maybe with the families or something we going through. Hey, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it was hard to dance. It was hard to worship. Hey, not, not at this moment, time. Amen. Not in this condition. But, oh, hallelujah. But that's the reason the devil trying his best, amen, to pull us back into captivity, and back into bondage. And so we can see how that the, the enemy wants to war against us and work against us and try to pull us back into such a power and a force there. When you look at, and I, I looked this up, the Romans. I'm just going to give you a little bit and then we're going to move on. But under the time of the, the Romans, they found themselves, there was actually thousands that was brought into to captivity and reduced to real bondage. Josephus tells us that 1.1 million men fell in the siege of Jerusalem by Titus. Amen. Another 97,000 were captured in the whole war. Those under 17 were sold into private bondage. Of the rest, some were sent to Egypt into their mines and others into the province to be destroyed at the theaters and by the sword and by the wild beast. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the devil's running rapid today. Amen. To captivate everybody he possibly can with whatever he can. Amen. To pull them into bondage. That's a reason I really don't like to see Holy Ghost filled people. Amen. With such a countenance on their face. Hallelujah. Such depression and down and out and defeat. Hallelujah. And I know it happens to us all. So don't, don't take me wrong here tonight. But you know what? You and I need a purpose in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirit. Because you watch this particular chapter. And I'm just going to slip on to some of it. But you watch them. Amen. This verse here, what it says. And when the Lord turned again, amen, the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. What is he talking about? This is something that we just dream about. This is something we just have fantasies about. This is something... Amen. You know, we don't really expect it to happen. We just dream about it. Hallelujah. But thank God I'm among the people tonight that's got a vision. Because without a vision, my people are perishing. But we got a vision tonight. And we're not going to let our circumstances and we're not going to let our surroundings, amen, pull us back into captivity, especially under the power of fear and doubt and unbelief. But by the grace of God and by the mercy of God, we're going to stand true, amen, and pray and intercede and cry out and watch the mighty hand of God move on a, a God that could do what like a dream suddenly seemingly out of nowhere <laughs> you got any Bible to back that up sure do Peter I'm sure Peter thought possibly and I know some argues with that but there's a good possibility that he would, didn't really know how it was going to happen but the Bible and this is going to tie into the latter part of this chapter but the Bible says the church prayed without ceasing. And the night before the old king was going to have him destroyed, God sends an angel. Now, Peter thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was true. They done passed several of the guards and the wards until the iron gate opened up. Amen. He's on the other side of the iron gate and looks around. Amen. Angels going, hey, reality sets in. He begins a, a dream. Man, he just brought deliverance. And so, you know what? When we're walking in difficulties and we feel like, amen, sometimes we find ourselves in some form of a battle or struggle, amen, that we've really kind of been focusing on tonight. Hallelujah. But you know what? God gets ready. He can deliver me out of this battle, this struggle, any service he wants to. It don't matter if it's a Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Some calls Wednesday night a boring service night. But I beg the difference 
presence with you. Any time or two or three come together in his name, he says, I'm in the midst. You don't even have to wait for a Wednesday night service, but you can, amen, join together and bind together and begin to call on his name and spontaneously and seemingly out of nowhere. This God can show up, amen, and fulfill the dream. Hallelujah. And you know what? When you're delivered from that, what happens? You begin to, what happens? You begin to be filled with laughter. You begin to be filled with a song. Hallelujah. Filled my mouth with laughter. I mean, I got so beside myself. I just like, oh, I like the writer. Somebody, he said, just like I'm out of control. You know, <laughs> used to occasionally there'd be a, a laughing spirit to get a hold of the church. And people just get to laughing. It do us good sometimes. A good old laughing spirit to get a hold of us. I'm talking about, I'm talking about really. I'm talking about them belly laughs. I'm talking about them out of control laughs. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> It helps some of you, your pride. <laughs> Hallelujah. It break up some things. You see, God, he works one way or the other. Either through a merry heart or a broken and contrite spirit. And when we get to the next part of this chapter, that's what he's going to be talking about. Amen. We're going to have to do some watering. Hallelujah. But if we're willing to do it, you know what? God, God, God's going to help us. Then was our mouths filled with laughter. And our tongues with singing. Then said they among the brethren. The Lord hath done great things for them. You know when that happens? You know what's going to happen? The community says, hey, I'm going to tell you what. That was a God thing. Well, that's a difference. It's one thing for you and I to say it's a God thing. It's quite another for them out there to say. That was a God thing. That was a God thing that brought them out. That was a God thing that delivered them. That was, that was a God thing that brought David back in. That brought them out of Babylon. Amen. Out of a city. Amen. If you do any study on that city. That was, was not supposed to ever fall. Under no circumstances. But it did. That was a God thing. That even the heathens recognized. Hey, God's on Israel's side. Why do you think Rahab responded unto him like she did? Unhearted, but she believed the report she heard. Amen. Even though she hadn't seen it with her own eyes, she believed it. Hallelujah. You know, it do us good sometimes. You know what? God, I just believe you. I'm just going to believe if you're a God thing. I just believe you're going to step in here. I believe you're going to turn this thing around. And you know what, God? You might just turn around in this service right here. Hallelujah. You might just flip the switch. Hallelujah. That's all it takes. Hallelujah. Mash the right button. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put the power back where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Andy knows what I'm talking about. He's, he's not ready, but he does. <laughs> Hallelujah. You get the right place and pass the right button on the GF plug, it'll send the power back in all the other places. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it happened just like that. That's what the writer's talking about. That's what he's, he's responding about. Hey, I'm serving a God, amen, that can change my deliver, my, my situation around in one moment of time, instantly, spontaneously, that everybody around me will know, you know what? God just did in on the scene. God just broke up the, the camp of the enemy. God just shook the jailhouse. God just made a way for Paul and Silas, amen, to come out of that jailhouse. That even the jailer himself and all that was in jail, they didn't flee. They was all still there. They didn't want to run from it. You know, when it becomes a God thing, it makes all the difference in the world. And here's what you and I have got to do. We just got to start making this a God thing. This is a God thing. I've been telling them left and right up at that hardware store. I said, God's trying to shake us. God's trying to stir us. God's trying to get us. Huh. It's a God thing, folks. Amen. He's getting us ready. Coming of the Lord. God's not going to owe no man. He's not going to be accountable to nobody. He's trying to get us where we'll be ready to go. The Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Hmm. Have you ever, and I know you have, but... You know, you've seen people that's come to God that maybe has battled something pretty much all their life, but just never could seem to overcome it. Never could seem to get it under their feet. Never could seem to get the victory over it. But it'd be kind of like the old lunatic, but when he made his way to Jesus. Huh, they didn't know how to accept it. They didn't know how to respond to it. But there's one thing about it. Amen. When Jesus came back, the Bible said he was what? Clothed and in his right mind. It was a God thing. Hey, that's the reason we have hope, amen, regardless of how they walk in here. 
Maybe somebody's listening on the airways out there and you're strung out on drugs right now. But you know what? One visitation of God can bring you out of those drugs. Hallelujah. He can take that. He can take the alcohol. Amen. Out of your mouth. Hallelujah. He can take the passion of drugs out of your system. Oh, I done tried this. I know you've tried that and you tried this, but what about Jesus? Hallelujah. What about the Holy Ghost? Have you ever tried the Holy Ghost? Have you ever tried getting baptized in the Holy Ghost? Have you ever hungered and thirst after the Holy Ghost? Have you ever, have you ever found your place getting lost in the Holy Ghost? When's the last time that you just had a merry party in the Holy Ghost? Maybe it's your own house and your own bedroom and you and God just got it on, man. And I mean he moved in that place and filled you up and you knew uh, or maybe there was something you really petitioned God about and bombarded God about and instantly and spontaneously you knew amen hey God just stepped in on the scene God just turned this uh, this situation around because you know, I just touched him and he touched me and then the latter part of this chapter turn again our captivity oh Lord as the streams in the south there's different opinions about this. But for the most part, especially in our country around us, amen, all streams turn which way? Hmm. Ever walk up to one and you're, you're not persuaded it's going south, don't believe you. You just be persuaded it's flowing south. <laughs> I've done that before. I wasn't very old. Went hunting. Got lost. Turned around. You know, when you're about... Nine and ten places that don't seem too big today was huge back then. I remember walking up to Black Creek, and in my mind, I said, it's flowing the wrong way. Man, it took me a few minutes, but I finally convinced myself, and you know, if anybody's lost, the creek's not. <laughs> creek is not flowing north. It's definitely flowing south. And so I had talked to myself just a minute saying, I've been going the wrong way the whole time. So it's time to turn around. And so they knew, said, God, we don't know when. We don't even know how. We just know that, God, you're going to turn this captivity south. Amen. You're going to turn it south. You're going to turn it. And they likened that, amen, unto the rains that would come into the mountains and come down those gullies like, like I mean, just flood, like something we got this afternoon. <laughs> Amen. When that rain come, I've never seen it. Brother Barry's telling me about Barry Road, how it's flooded yet, and said never seen it like that. But I watched it right out here. I got caught in the other building over there. Hey, that rain was coming so hard, it was coming out of them gutters, it would have soaked you. And I watched that water come over that all of that cement back there, that water covered it, come over it. First time I've ever seen it. All the times I've been up here and watched water from hard rains come, it's never covered all the cement, but it did this afternoon. <laughs> amen. Praise God. You know, when God gets ready to turn that captivity, amen, to turn it south, just like all the spring, hey, it's going. All I've got to do is hang on and put my confidence and faith in Him. You know, I believe that's the reason Caleb, amen, and Joshua, which was of another spirit, in those 40 years, hallelujah, they knew, hey, our day's coming, our hour's coming. Let me ask you something. What about you and I? sometime in the struggles of life and the disappointments of life and the shipwrecks of life but amen sometime we just got to look up in that old blue sky and say but oh but a better day's coming there's coming a day when we're going to get a glorified body there's coming a day when we won't have to worry about no pain or heartaches or disappointment or any struggles with the devil or any other struggles against any other spirits or doctrines or things of that nature hallelujah it's going to be worth the fight it's going to be worth pressing and marching on and so but on this latter part watch what happens here now and I know you probably heard these verses more than the others that, that you ever heard in this particular chapter. But there's something that you and I have got to do. And so watch what happens. They that sow in tears, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Still a planning it has got to take place. If you read the next verse. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed... Bearing precious seed. Huh. You know, Paul likened to him. He said, one waters, one plants, and one waters, and God gives the increase. No doubt, Scripture's talking about here the watering. It's, it's, it likens it unto toil. It likens it unto labor. Likens it, amen, of getting in sometimes in a prayer room and getting so broken up, to breaking up fallow ground and bringing forth that water. Because you know what? There's no need to plant. 
without water. Amen. And so it's likened to us as tears as we become what? With a contrite heart, a broken heart, a contrite spirit. The Lord will not despise. Could it be, you know, this situation? And I don't know how severe it's going to get before it's over with. I, I think some of it may depend on us. I think some of it depends on us even as America. And especially the church. I think some of it may depend upon us. But if we'll get broken and stirred up about it. Saying you know what. We can do something about this. I'm going to get in my prayer closet. I'm going to get broken up. I'm going to start weeping and crying. And get all torn up. Amen. Before God about this thing. Because I believe God can do something about it. I got some loved ones and friends and neighbors. And you know what. I couldn't help but think about it as I studied this. Hey, the responsibility that lays upon us as grandparents. Amen. To weep. Amen. There can be some tears bottled up. Amen. Because you know what? We got some grandchildren. If things don't change, they're going to face some very horrible times. Some very difficult times. They're going to face some battles that you and I haven't faced. They're going to face some spirits that you and I haven't faced. They're going to have to face some situations. And I'm going to tell you what. Amen. They're going to need, uh, they're going to need them in, in prayers being poured back out. Amen. And them tears, amen, that he bottled up that he can pour back out. Hallelujah. That he can use, amen, to bring out. Because I'm telling you, the fouler ground's got to be broken up. We got to be broken. We got to be stirred. Amen. To bring this forth. And this is help. what brings this about. How many ever went out and just planted, amen, on a dry, dusty field? Most of the time if they do that, because the new cast is saying, hey, rain's coming. In the next day or few hours. I can't tell you, I remember it wasn't too long ago that man was going through some of this drought and, and uh, it was time to plant for the deer and all that and Hey, finally, some little rain was being predicted. Man, they was, they was one after another, buddy. They was grabbing up the seed, and they was running. They was putting it out. So you, here comes some rain. We've got to have the rain, folks. We've got to have that brokenness, that, that, that moving inside of us. Amen. Now watch this. For the seed, for that precious seed. I'm not going to go all the scriptures, but, but you know what? The Bible called Jesus a seed. And that seed was planted. That broken body that you heard about Sunday night was planted. Huh. And it came up in newness of life. You know why? As the first fruits. So that you and I can come up after him now. Could it be that that's reason Gethsemane was so important? It's not my will, but Thy will be done. Between the tears and the sweat of brokenness. As Jesus Christ himself intercedes. Amen. And submits his will unto the Lord. You know, I know we're living in a country today that looks at crying and weeping as a sign of weakness. They really do. Amen. But, but God looks at it different. It's a different language to God. Amen. It's willing to get broken. It's willing to get stirred up. I heard Brother Tim Copeland. He preaches a message. Something, I think, the Ministry of Tears, I think is what he names it. I've heard him. Uh, I want to say either Brother Strange or somewhere, but I know he's preached it a number of times. And I, but I've heard him preach it one time, and he, he, he talked about a story. And uh, this story was true. It has happened. He said this couple that was in the church and, Said time had went on, said the man began to kind of slip back and backslide and got out of the church. And, but he had a boy that stayed faithful. And man, he finally felt the call to preach and went to evangelizing. And, and he even went out and went to evangelizing, going all over the country. And said every time they would have revival, though, said his mother would write a letter to him. Tell him, said, hey, said your daddy, said pray for your daddy. We're starting revival. Said I want you to pray for your daddy that God would stir him up, that he'd get back back in church he'd come back to the house of God and said that went on for several months even up to a couple of years and hey it got worse so finally the mother wrote him one day and told him said hey we're going to start revival said I'm really worried about your daddy said he's drifting further away said he's he's beginning to do some things he hadn't done he's beginning to pick up cigarettes and different things like that said I want you to pray for him and so she'd write so sure enough he kind of went on so eventually, the, the evangelist, the pastor of the church where his mom and dad was going, called him, wanted him to come preach, preach him a revival. And so, man, they had it planned out. They said, hey, this is a revival. I said, daddy's promised to come hear me preach. I said, if I come preach at the home church, he'd come hear me preach. And 
And so sure enough, you know, said, man, he got there and he's all ready and said, sure enough, said his daddy come. Come in in the back and sit back there and said he got up and said he, you know, went kind of through the primal areas and said he got the scripture out and read his scripture and said he looked up. Said his daddy was going out the back door. Said his daddy never come back to any services in that revival. And said that time went on a little bit and it said they got another evangelist, sir, and said that evangelist got there and said he got to preaching to the church. He said he got to telling the church, he said, hey, if you want your community and loved ones to get broken up, you've got to get broken up. He said if you want your loved ones to, to, to pray through, he said, you need to pray through. He said if you want them to be delivered, you begin to just different things. And said, man, it got a hold of his mama. And said that, that mother said this time, said he writes, writes that son. He said, but it ain't about daddy. He said, don't you pray for mama. So you pray that mama gets stirred up. So you pray that mama, man, so I've, I've realized I've become calloused and I've become backslid and I've, I've let things. And so sure enough, man, they began to pray and said, and boy, she did. Said she got to pray and said it got a hold over so bad. Said at home, said sometimes they'd be there too and said, she'd find she tell her husband, said, hey, I, I got to go pray. And said he, he'd hear her. She'd go back in that bedroom, get to weeping and crying and asking God, God, stir me up. God stirred my heart. Said, man, I've let it get calloused. I, I, I'm, I'm losing out. I don't want to be lost. And man, and they, this went on for, for a period of time. And, and so, sure enough, said after a little while of that going on and then God just blessing and moving on her behalf and her getting so stirred up. Said all of a sudden, once, once Saturday night, man, they was having service. And so she was in there getting ready for service. And, and uh, whenever she come out to go to service there, he stood dressed. She said, where are you going? She said, he said, I'm going to church with you. I said, I'm going to go to church with you tonight. I said, sure enough. He said, man, when they got there, he said, power of God moved. and said, buddy, you could tell he went in. He went into that altar. He began to pray. Sought God. He didn't get Holy Ghost that night. But that Sunday morning, the Sunday morning, said to, told her, said, hey, get my clothes ready. He said, I'm going to church. And said, on that Sunday morning, said, they didn't even have an altar call. <laughs> Said, but whenever he got time, said that man come up out of that chair and said, buddy, he made his way to that altar. And before it was over with, he had the Holy Ghost. And all it, all it all boiled back to was that wife getting so stirred up and so moved by God. So moved by the Holy Ghost that it moved him. He couldn't handle it no longer. He couldn't stand it no longer. I just wonder what would happen to this community if we just really got stirred up. We just really got beside ourselves and said, you know what? Every moment I get, God, I want to spend some time in prayer. God, work on me. And, and, and be sincere about this. This is not about us. But be sincere enough about it saying, God, I want your will. I want you to break us up. God, if there's been a lack of tears and a lack of brokenness here. Amen. And that's what's hindered us from people getting the Holy Ghost and bringing it. And, and God, you begin to work on me. I, I'm praying this. I'm praying God work on me. Amen. My, my, my ability. I, I listened to Brother Wilson amen, a little while back. and He made a statement. He, he said he draw, he said, draw a circle. Said, that's you in that circle. I said everything and that's you. That's who you are. And that's your boundaries. And uh, he said we have a tendency not to want to really get out of that circle. We want to make ourselves vulnerable. We don't want to make ourselves you know, to take any risk or things of this nature. Amen. And, and, and uh, he said, and then he, he said, put a dot in the middle of that circle. He put a dot in the middle of that circle. He said, that dot he said, it represents that heart, that spirit, mind of an individual. And I've been really pondering this. I listened to that and prayed over it. And uh, we all got handicaps and we all got shortcomings and inabilities. But you know what? Something inside of us has got to move and say, you know what? I'm going to take my chances. I'm not going to worry about what everybody thinks about me and everybody's opinion about me. But God, if you'll help me, if I can get under your anointing and your direction, I'm going to begin to try to get out of that circle. I'm going to try to get out of that, that boundary for your kingdom and for your glory. Amen. It, it's not about who I am. And, you know, if it embarrasses me, it embarrasses me. If it puts if it challenges me, well, it, it just going to, it's going to be a challenge. Amen. Because, you know what, if we'll start doing that, we'll learn. And we'll learn how to more to walk in the spirit and walk in the Holy Ghost and in the power of God. It's, it's not God's will for this local assembly. Amen. Just to get by. 
Even Paul wrote to one of the church and said, hey, he didn't want us to come behind not in one gift, not one single gift. Amen. It's God's will. So as you look at this particular chapter here, amen, God's going to move for us one way or the other. Just by out of nowhere like a dream pow or because we become broken and we begin to weep and seek him I mean when we wake up in the morning time that's what's on our mind amen if we're going to have dreams or visions it's going to be about the church it's going to be about people getting the Holy Ghost it's going to be about you know people praying through it's going to be God moving and stirring and working on our hearts and our minds and our spirit you know why because time's running out time's running out and I'm telling you the world and this the, the spirit of the world, the spirit of iniquity and the forces of evil is doing its bad to make in, doing its best to make inroads and to rob us and overpower us and things of that nature. So you know what? Greater is he that's in us. But we gotta let God. God will work, but who will let? We got to let God work and we gotta let him work the way he wants to work in the time and the seasons and the methods that he wants to work. And you know what? If we can make sense out of all of it, it's probably God's probably not in it. His ways is far above ours as heavens above the earth amen so so to to know that i got to become broken i got to get stirred up about it amen i, I mean my, my babies have got to hear me weeping and crying and, and and be sincere not as a show not as a put on not not as something as some kind of front amen that we can write a song about no it's about getting the move of god it's about getting the move of the holy ghost even on a wednesday night like this that the miraculous can take place that the supernatural can take place hallelujah because it's a dangerous thing in the world that we're living in now. It's a dangerous thing even from Sunday night to the next Sunday. And you miss Wednesday night what you became become in contact with. What you may encounter. Amen. What spirit you may have to war against. And then without the refreshing of God and the touching of God and the bubbling up of the spirit of God in our life. Draw out of the wells with joy of salvation. Hello. That's what this is all about. Jesus, looking over Jerusalem, wept because they missed their visitation of the Messiah. He wept over them. Jesus wept, shortest verse in your Bible. I've used this so many a time to help people dealing with losing a loved one. Especially when they felt like maybe God didn't see where they was at. And I tell them, well, you don't think Jesus, I said, why did, he, why did he weep and cry? Just prior, just minutes before, calling Lazarus back forth. Don't say he didn't know. He's God Almighty. He knew. <laughs> but he wept. Broken, got stirred up. We become broken and stirred up like this last verse. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Watch this. Jesus was the seed. Resurrection. But what did Paul write unto us? When he's coming back, he's bringing their spirits with him. And they're going to take up those bodies and be resurrected first. And then we're going to be caught up with them. There's a whole lot more tied to all of that when you really begin to start taking scriptures and start pulling it, bringing it all together. I hope I've said something tonight that might would ignite in your heart and your spirit. I hope and pray, I believe, that you're joining with me and praying that God somehow, some way would move on our children. God would move on these young boys. I mean, the world's pulling for them. Somehow, a connection could be made, a contact could be made. 
You know, I want the Holy Ghost. Not, 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 not that I've got to have it. We do. But understand what I'm trying to say. I don't want them to seek for the Holy Ghost just because they got to have it to be saved. I want them to understand the real benefits of having the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. To guide and to comfort and to lead them. If, I'm, if we're not careful, even we as adults, don't really appreciate and understand that. But thank God for the Holy Ghost tonight. That can help us. That can help us in this generation we're in. There's got to be a joy and a power that flows out of this place. Flows in these vessels. When we go out there. Say hey. Them folks just got something. There's got to be that report. That that first Psalms talked about. That even the heathen just say. God done that. It's always been the heartbeat of God. That's the reason Israel was called. And to go to the, in the pagan countries. As a testimony and a witness of this one true God. That's our business too. We're the spiritual epistles. Of the true love of God. And the power of God. Let's do it. Love you tonight. You can stand. Maybe a little different. A little slower. Apologize for not ripping and running. <laughs> But maybe by Sunday, we'll see. <laughs> Love you tonight. I really do appreciate you. Let's pray for the youth, the Tony Spell and them. For the Tony Spell and them, it's going on over there. They call it the revolution. Started tonight, tomorrow and Friday. Uh, let's pray that that goes well. Uh, let's just pray that there's no big uh-ohs, okay? That's the biggest thing. And uh, let's bind up Corona. I ask and you shall receive. Amen. And I mean that from the, from the depths of my heart. Uh, you know. Not, not for no showboat. But I just left it and have it without any Corona. Okay. The city wouldn't be able to say nothing. The governor wouldn't be able to say nothing. Nobody. They wouldn't, couldn't be able to, one case. I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's up to God. But all I know to do is ask. Ask. I, I know one thing. I know the one that can keep it from happening. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. And outside of that, I don't know any other. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissing the fear of the Lord.